Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast. Craig Shop here with you. Bob Garver, our New York City film critic, is joining us, which means it's Monday, which means he's uh, seen the latest release. And that latest release is Suicide Squad. Bob, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing very well. Uh, happy Monday. Um, I do have to uh, do a bit of a correction on the title. The movie is The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad, yes. Because this movie very much wants to separate itself from... Uh, just playing Suicide Squad right. from 2016. That is uh, correct. This, I, I appreciate this that. This movie, um, you know, believes that that movie made a lot of mistakes, and it's here to correct them. Well, it's it's very rare we see uh, a mulligan, I guess you could say, being taken in Hollywood. Obviously, we see plenty of reboots. I mean, Spider-Man's been rebooted more times than uh, we can count at this point. Uh, so the Suicide Squad... Uh, will obviously be a little different here than Suicide Squad from five years ago. Uh, James Gunn directing this film. Obviously, people may know him from the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So he comes over to DC to maybe help correct some of their problems. Does he correct some of their problems here with uh, the Suicide Squad? He corrects some of their problems. Uh, not not all of them. Um, sure. You know, the movie still doesn't uh, have the best idea how to use all of its characters, but uh, it's definitely an improvement over over the first film. Well, we see uh, some holdovers: uh, Joel Kinnaman, uh, Colonel Flag, uh, Margot Robbie, of course, is Harley Quinn. Uh, Viola Davis is back for this one, um, but we also see new people like John Cena, Idris Elba. Uh, Nathan Fillion. So, uh, you know, we, we see a little bit of a blend of old and new here with from the Suicide Squad 2016 to this new one. Tell us a little bit about this. Uh, is it worth uh, worth the time out there for everybody to go see? Um, well, in this film, uh, Amanda Waller sends two teams of uh, Suicide Squad members uh, to a South American island to stop a... Um, a medical experiment gone wrong on an alien life form. Uh, one team fa uh, fares very poorly. The other does a little bit better. Uh, but the uh, second team uh, is able to insert themselves into this, uh, this revolution in this South American country. And then eventually they do uh, meet up with the thinker played by Peter Capaldi. And uh, together they all uh, encounter this, uh, this alien life form, uh, they somewhat botch it, but uh, they do uh, they do ultimately take responsibility in uh, in stopping it as well. 
Well, that's obviously similar to the pre uh, premise of the first of the original Suicide Squad, whatever you want to call the first one, uh, where they, you know, they basically bring a team together of, of evil villains to save the world, if you will. Um, same thing, kind of same concept here. So they don't really change what's uh, what was maybe not broken with the first one, but uh, the execution. The first one from David Ayer was a little bit more serious. I would imagine that James Gunn probably brought some of his, uh, you know, comedy to the to the fold here. Is this totally different than the first one? Is it better than the first one that we saw in 2016? How does this kind of compare? Um, I'd say it's probably um, more eager to be funny because it's more eager to to be R-rated, and uh, it's more eager to um, to go to places that the first one wouldn't go to. Um, John Cena's character and Idris Elba's character, uh, they basically uh, have a feud over who can kill more guys. Mm. Um, and it turns out that they shouldn't have been killing any of them. <laughs> well, you know, obviously Elba seems to be taking over, not playing the same character as Will Smith, but sort of taking over for Will Smith's presence in the movie, I suppose. Um, overall, I mean, a very, you know, very talented cast. Does everything work out? I mean, is there too many characters in this uh iteration of the suicide squad there's there's maybe too many characters a few um are in there just to get wasted um one actor one actor is there um I, i'm pretty sure an actor was cast uh just to get his face blown off uh but it's an actor that i think a lot of people will, will want to see get his face blown off um i don't think uh i don't think they needed um Sylvester Stallone's uh, King Shark in this movie. Uh, I think with his monosyllabic delivery and James Gunn's direction, it feels a little too much like they're trying to get another Groot, like a like a, an MC or a, a DCEU version of of Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, and Stallone was a sort of a carryover. Uh, he was in Guard. He was in James Gunn's Guardian of the Galaxy. So uh, maybe. Uh, I guess James Gunn just likes using Sly Stallone, which you know, I mean, he's got a little bit of uh, name recognition, but of course, oh yeah, yeah, of course, no, no face in this one with being a King Shark. Um, so overall, what was your your overall impressions of Suicide Squad? Did the comedy and action and visuals uh, come together to make something good, or what? It it, it came, yeah, it came together to make something good, but not great. I gave it a B minus. Okay, all right. Uh, well, obviously, a little thin this week on releases from. Uh, Bob's perspective, but that means we're going to do a list this week, and we're going to look at uh, our top five favorite action movies. So, Bob, uh, the floor is yours. You're going to go first for us, so let's see what you got. Yes, and I'm going to have to consult some notes here. Okay. Um, for number five, I have the John Wick series. Okay. Yes, um, this one is obviously the uh, most recent movie on my list, uh, series of movies on my list. Um but uh, these are the movies that I, I look forward to the sequels uh, probably more than any other franchise in Hollywood. Sure. Uh, because uh, the action is always so crisp. Uh, it's always a very nice, dry sense of humor. And uh, just always very, very exciting and gets the audience cheering. Uh, for number four, I have Children of Men, an Alfonso Cuaron movie from, uh, I believe, uh, 2006. Uh, I was just blown away by, by this film and its action sequences when I saw it. Uh, 
one of the few, probably one of the best dystopian movies ever made. Yes, very much. These, these children of men. Uh, tremendous scene around the one third mark uh, involving uh, Julianne Moore in a car, and then uh, by the end, it's it's just this uh, this haunting, huge one take, or at least they try to make it look like one take action sequence where um, it's just, just sort of on another, it seems like it's on another euphoric world. Um, for number three, I have Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, mm. uh, Ang Lee's movie from 2000, where uh, this was my introduction to uh, characters um, doing the, uh, the wire fighting uh, that makes it look like they're uh, they're floating through the air. I'd never seen it before. It was outstanding. Um, it was the first time I ever went to see a foreign film in theaters. Um, I would have loved to have seen it one Best Picture that year over over Gladiator, which is not on this list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree with that. Yeah, uh, but just uh, just just an introduction to to so many things for me was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, at number two, I have Sin City. Oh yeah, uh, okay. Robert Rodriguez's film with a uh, special uh, special directorial sequence from Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Um. But uh, tremendous cast, uh, great dialogue, great uh, not really dialogue, but great lines. Uh, got the whole theater laughing, hmm. and of course. Uh, great, uh, great visuals, great use of uh, black and white and color, and uh, just uh, just a tremendously fun experience all around. Uh, is uh, number two at Sin City, and uh, number one, you probably knew I was going to go with Tarantino on this, uh, but uh, Kill Bill Volume One. Uh, I saw this with some friends, and we were all like, oh, "I cannot believe that that something this awesome is on screen." Uh, just a tremendously fun movie all the way through, um, especially the showdown at the House of Blue Leaves, which seems like it never ends, but but you never want it to end. You don't. No, you do not. You just want them to fight forever. Yeah. Um, but that, uh, that, to me, is the best action movie of, of all time. Well, that's a great list, Bob. We do have a couple of, uh, uh, a couple of uh, similarities. Overlaps. Of I'm sure you can assume maybe one of them for for sure, given our. I think, uh, I, I, think I, I think I picked up on two based on based on your reaction. Yes. Um, so I've got a, a, an interesting list. That's a great list. First of all, uh, Children of Men, very underrated, um, and I love that uh, that one take ch uh, car chase scene. Essentially, is what it kind of comes down to. The little action involved. Very beautiful shot from Alfonso Caron. So definitely a great list. Uh, number five on my list was uh, sort of a. The surprise for me at the surprise action movie, Casino Royale. I really did not know what to expect going into the latest James Bond reboot, which really kind of was a reboot, even though it's, you know, it's always a continuation of the franchise. But in this case, they really changed everything with Casino Royale, made it grittier, more action based, more physicality involved for its hero. And uh, Casino Royale was a, a pleasant surprise for me going to the theater and seeing, um, I guess, what you would maybe consider a Jason Bourne-like uh, James Bond, who's uh, a little bit more physical rather than the uh, womanizing, uh, you know, smooth talker that uh, he's been portrayed as for, for decades. 
Um, obviously, there's still that aspect of it with Daniel Craig's character. But um, in this case, uh, also a 2006 release. Um, very much uh, a surprise action hit. Very gritty, very dark, very you know James Bond humor as well as you would expect. But uh, the action scenes really carried the film. Uh, while also giving a little bit to, to the story and, and letting that story play out throughout. So uh, definitely was uh, sort of a surprise for me, and I really enjoyed the action in Casino Royale uh, very much so. Uh, number four on my list, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, Ang Lee's 2000 masterwork. Um, this was, again, like you said, Bob, the first time I had really experienced um, cinema from a different country with subtitles all throughout. And it was also the first time I really had experienced uh, the wire fighting, like you had said. Uh, so I completely and utterly agree with you on Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Probably could have been higher on my list because it was just absolutely poetic and magical and just engrossed you throughout the entire film. Um, definitely Ang Lee's uh, masterpiece, uh, in my opinion, although Brokeback Mountain's a great film too. But uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was just such a fun movie and exciting. It really opened up my horizons into a new genre, fight, you know, into a new genre, into, a, you know, Asian cinema. Uh, it was a terrific film, and I completely agree it should have won Best Picture over Gladiator, which definitely not on my list as well. It was a, that was a terrible Best Picture movie winner. Uh, but uh, number three on my list, I am going into the uh, comic book realm and the superhero realm. I'm going with The Dark Knight. Um, I know we've talked about this many times. It's hard not to put this on my list. I, I kind of debated whether I should go with superhero movies because we could probably do our own superhero movie list. But The Dark Knight was just almost too good to pass up for me because of its origins. Yes, we get the comic book side of things, but it really kind of was a dark and gritty crime film that was set in the world of a superhero film. And the action scenes... Christopher Nolan just does a, a terrific job blending in visual effects. Very few visual effects compete, com, you know, computer generated with actual practical effects. He does a great job. It's masterful set pieces. The action just emphasizes everything around it, which is a great story. So for me, The Dark Knight had to make this list. And I, I just want to jump in here. Sure. Um, I disqualified both The Dark Knight and Pulp Fiction from my list because they've been on these lists so many times that I feel that just <laughs> right. putting them on anymore uh, is is redundant. So that's sure. if, if people are wondering why uh, you know I'm constantly talking up The Dark Knight and Pulp Fiction and they're not on the list, that's that's why. So I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. Would, I mean, I'm assuming The Dark Knight had, would have been on this list then if you... Uh, if you had not disqualified it then? Yes. Okay. All right, number two on my list, uh, and, and this one's the most recent, is Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, this is essentially just one long action sequence, essentially, where it's a chase, uh, sort of a race against time and a race against space and time. And really, you know, I didn't, I didn't really think that I really cared or wanted another Mad Max movie. And this movie totally made me want more Mad Max movies in this universe because they really reboot the franchise. George Miller, of course, coming back into the director's chair, rebooted this franchise and made it so fun and interesting with unique characters, but then also grounded characters, of course, like Max with Tom Hardy playing that role where it's not a lot of speaking. It's a it's a very just physical performance from him. Uh, you know, Charlize Theron's awesome in this film as well. Uh, but this is just one 
just epic chase sequence one after another, and I just absolutely loved it. And I think it's one of the best action films, at least of the last 20 years, uh, definitely for me. Uh, number one on my list, as you probably can imagine, Kill Bill. I'm going with Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. Yes, Volume 1 has all probably 80% of the action in the two movies, but um, underrated Volume 2, I think, as well, even though it's a little bit more of the slow play in the storytelling, but uh, there's still a little bit of action there to to kind of keep you. The fight with um, um, Daryl Hannah's character, L was fantastic in the trailer. That was a, a terrific action sequence in a very small, confined space. Of course, you mentioned the fight with the Crazy 88s and Lucy Liu in the House of Blue Leaves uh, from Volume 1 that, you know, I don't know. That it was. It's kind of funny because at that time, I, I don't know that I really had ever seen anything that was so over the top and blood splurting and gushing out and limbs being chopped off. But, you know, this was... Uh, just such a fun ride with Tarantino, who not only, of course, we get his classic sort of script where he's got, you know, fun jokes and one-liners and, and good storytelling, but then he brings this just action epic with just terrific fight sequences, over-the-top blood splatter. How can you say no to that? Kill Bill Volume 1 and Volume 2 for me. Uh, I like to always think of it as one single movie, just, of course, split into two you know, two volumes. So that's why I'm going with Bob. I think we, we kind of agree on that. Any final thoughts on my list? Um, Casino Royale uh, and uh, Mad Max very easily could have been on my list. Uh, maybe if I, and Mad Max Fury Road could have uh, easily been on my list if we had expanded it to, to like a top 10. Anything that uh, that maybe you thought of? I had thought about maybe Terminator Two. I mean, there's some other movies. I had definitely there. considered. I had definitely considered Terminator Two. It was a last minute addition to to strike from the list. Okay. Uh, also, uh, also Die Hard. Oh yes, um, yeah. Could have could have easily made the list uh, had it not been for for just so many great picks in my top five. Absolutely. Well, a couple of great lists. So if anybody's out there has a, a hankering for some action movies, I think we've given you a couple of. Uh, solid movie options here if you need to go find them. So, uh, Bob, I definitely appreciate your time as always. Uh, what do you got coming up next week? Uh, next week we have uh, Don't Breathe 2, we have Free Guy, and we have Respect, the Aretha Franklin biopic. All right. So a full slate here as we uh, wane out of the summer here. So, all right, Bob, well, we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for joining us again. Thank you very much. This is the highlight of my week. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.